This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons preached by Rev. Adam Moline at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can find our website at goodshepherdlincoln.org, and the texts for our sermons each week follow the historic one-year lectionary. Let's listen in to today's sermon. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Dear Christians, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. What is wise to the world? What is it that people look to and trust in? Well, in the ancient world, there was a variety of things that people looked to and trusted in. A variety of false gods who were wrongly worshipped, who were invented by men who were being influenced by their own thought and by even demons. These men scientifically looked at the world around them and assigned various invented demonic gods to each part they felt was important to their life. For example, in the ancient world, the government was a very important thing. Civil rulers exerted their power over multitudes, conquering lands and peoples, and ruling over them with an iron fist. And so the ancient people invented a god, Zeus, who corresponded with that perceived power in this world. Zeus became the god of government and politics. And all of government and politics revolved around him. Parallel to government, the ancient people discovered that it was good to win war. And so they invented the false imaginary god Ares to govern war, believing that by worshiping him, by giving sacrifices to him, they would be guaranteed victory in battle. The ancient people noticed where babies came from, from procreation. And they noticed that people found delight in this. So they invented a false god, the false god Aphrodite, the goddess in charge of procreation and all that goes with it. And the ancient people worshipped her, with profane and disgusting practices, hiring prostitutes to work in society on behalf of the goddess of love. They even invented small, minor gods. Gods that didn't govern the entire society, but gods that did special favors just for you, in the small things. Having learned that it was good to have money and wealth, they invented the god Pluto, the god of riches. Yes, 
I know it's hard to believe Pluto was a false god long before Disney came about. Or Demeter, the goddess who provided grain and food during the spring and the summer. They looked at the world. They saw what was important. They thought about it for a while. They invented a false god, and they worshipped it and adored it. Boy, those ancient people were foolish, weren't they? They were silly. Our modern world likes to believe that we've moved on beyond this foolishness, beyond this silliness. We believe that we are more civilized than those who went before us. We've shrugged off the crazy ideas of gods and goddesses altogether. We don't think gods and goddesses control any aspect of our lives. We don't pray to Zeus. Demeter, Pluto, Ares, or Aphrodite any longer. Because we know better. Don't we? Do we? Or do we still worship? these false gods. Maybe with different names. Maybe just the idea, not the personification of the idea. How many people in our society, our sinful, fallen society, worship Zeus, the god of politics, without calling his name. What I mean is, who fears, loves, and trusts in government above all other things? Surely no one in our world, right? No one devotes their entire life their entire thought process, their entire wealth and being to a political philosophy or idea, do they? Do you? How about Ares, the god of war? Don't people worship him? by encouraging and profiteering from war and bloodshed? Surely no one believes in Ares anymore, but people still make money. How? By inventing weapons, by selling them and destroying life, usually in other lands that are not our own. After all, we don't want to die from war. We just want to be victorious. Do people still worship Aphrodite? Of course not, right? There's no type of lewdness in our society. There's no sort of disgusting things on 
plays or television or radio or billboards. There's no such thing as lust anymore. We've moved on. Have we? What about Pluto? How many Ebenezer Scrooges live for Pluto's wealth with no concern for anyone else? Or food, how many plump Americans worship Demeter by filling their bellies with bread and wine and every type of food under heaven? No, we've definitely moved on, haven't we? Have we? Who is your God? Who is it that you fear, love, and trust above all other things? Who is it that you desire to worship and to follow? Who is it that you devote your life to? Who is it that you expect to receive good things from? Do you follow the foolishness of those who came before you? Or are you wise to the truth? In our gospel lesson for today, we see a group of Greeks who come to see Jesus. In fact, they tell two of the disciples just that. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. These disciples come and bring that request to Jesus himself. Jesus, these guys wish to see you. But Jesus gives kind of a weird response. He doesn't say, yes, they can see me now. Or, no, I don't want to see them. Instead, Jesus says these words, which sound foolish to our ears, but in fact are truly the wisdom of God. Jesus says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Who is your God? Who do you fear, love, and trust? Who do you desire to worship and to follow? Who do you want to see? Our God is Jesus. And not just any Jesus. Not the Jesus is a friend of mine, Jesus. Not the Jesus, the moral teacher. Not Jesus, the all-around nice guy who has his thumb sticking up. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. That's our Jesus. The true God, King of kings, Lord of lords, enthroned 
on a cross. It is he who created the world by the power of his word. It is he who, when he saw the world fall into sin, entered it, taking on our human flesh to bear our sin and to be our Savior. It's this Jesus, the crucified Jesus, who saw the lusts of this world, lusts for power, lusts for war, lusts for sex, for money, and for food, and had compassion upon the sinners caught up in these lusts. Our God is Jesus, who made himself known, revealing himself to the world by going to the cross and dying for our sins, for our covetousness. We wish to see that Jesus, Jesus in the hour of his glory. That's our God. That's our Savior. He's the one we worship. And as he's on that cross, bleeding for sinful people like you and me, dying so that we might live, He draws all people to himself. He bids them leave behind their foolishness. He bids them leave behind their lusts, their lewdness, their gluttony. He bids them leave behind the sins of the world take up their cross and follow him in faith. That's our God. That's why every year on Holy Cross Day, we hear that message proclaimed again. We dress the altar and the pastors in red, blood red, to see the wisdom of God, the glorified Son of God, the one who forgives sins. We hear how our true God was not invented, but instead was born of the Virgin. We hear how our true God made the world so that he might redeem it, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood. He is your God. And you are the fruit he bears in the world. The world continues on in its foolishness. The world keeps following its lusts for power, for sex, for food, for war, and for all the rest. 
The world hates that you will not follow with them. The world hates that you worship Jesus. The world wishes that you would join it as it falls away into hell with all the other wicked, lust-filled gods of this age. You do not fall, dear Christian. You belong to Jesus. The world has been conquered by him. And a new world will be founded and made that will be ruled by him. Dear friends in Christ, this is the very first Holy Cross Day here where we have an image that depicts who our God is. This image is not Jesus. We do not worship this image. But we look to it and see what happened to Christ on that cross. We see the price that was paid. We look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who shed his blood for us. And we see the glory of God, the wisdom of God, the mercy of God. We wish to see that Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. That concludes today's sermon from Pastor Adam Moline. For more information about the Lutheran faith, check out our church website, goodshepherdlincoln.org. The title of this podcast, With Intrepid Heart, comes from the conclusion to the Book of Concord, where it is written, This is our faith, doctrine, and confession, in which we also are willing, by God's grace, to appear with intrepid hearts before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of it. God's blessings on your day.